Escape from Plan A. Welcome to Escape from Plan A. Got a special episode where we actually have like a bunch of people from the, uh, you know, the original founding team on. And, and um, you know, we've done a lot of like pods where it's like two or three people. But this time we used to do ones with like all of us on. And since we're uh, either this will be the 200th episode or uh, we will have a 200th episode very shortly. And this will come shortly after that. Uh, I thought it was a good time for because, like you know, God, we survived the 200 episodes. Uh, not the easiest thing in the world to do for anyone who's uh, trying to do like uh, you know any of these um, online media projects. So I thought we'd you know kick back a bit and maybe take a break from necessarily talking about uh, what's so terrible about uh, <laughs> you know being <laughs> being an Asian person in America or whatever it is we do all all day and maybe actually look back uh and uh chill out for a bit and <laughs> talk about uh getting to number 200 so uh yeah. I yeah yeah this time we're talking about how sucks how much it sucks to be an asian in america but together as a group yeah that's right it's yeah. nice that's how it started <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we should seriously have a prize if there's anyone who actually listened from episode one and then like stuck it out to 200 that's that's something that, yeah we can yeah. ask trivia like which episode <laughs> did so and so say this? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Now just like it's a it's a like if you if you stuck from the beginning and uh, like I I recently skimmed through just because I knew we were we were recording this I just kind of looked through uh, just the topics we talked about you know the mm -hmm. titles we use stuff like that and of course you know production quality we've I mean it's we've come a long way since uh, episode one that's for sure. Um, like we've changed a lot, so I'm glad we're actually doing this because it seems like a good time to kind of commemorate um, that inflection point. Yeah, episode any, one. Any... Episode one was Teen, me and Jess, and Teen, you and I. We had rented uh, one of those those like timeshare rooms in downtown Brooklyn because we had the conceit that we were gonna record in person, just the two of us. Then we get there, then we realize, oh shit, we don't actually know how to do it. <laughs> and then I forgot how we oh we then we just like talked into like the one mic and yeah obviously we knew nothing about what we were doing yeah not appropriate yeah, in in COVID times to talk into one mic I, I feel I think that was also <laughs> in summer it was like one of several times where we did one where it was like I think it was summer and it was super hot but we had yeah, to turn the we, off because yeah, it was it was, like it was either, getting picked up yeah it was late summer or early fall yeah. That one, it got super freaking hot. And uh, there was another one we did. Remember, like, we used to go to, for in-person ones, we would go to this recording, this sort of, like, yeah. bootleg <laughs> recording studio place. in Queens. Yeah, yeah Mark was and there. And the AC wasn't working. AC wasn't yeah. working. It, it was right behind Murray's Cheese or in the same warehouse. Their warehouse, It was yeah. right next and to it, yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was just... It didn't really yeah. work. And, yeah, it was Were really the episodes shorter back then? Because you had to get the fuck out before it got too hot. And now we got so. like three hour no. dude, episodes. No, they that's weren't. my point, dude. My <laughs> point is that my point is that we suffered 
for yeah, the listener. Right. Of course, of course. Plus, you would <laughs> stay there. I think we rented it like two hours, and you stay there to the end to get your money's worth. That's Ooh. right. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and I think some of those we actually try to like record two of them at a time. Right, uh, right, right. If we could, or and that place was just it was like the contact high you got because <laughs> the people who ran it were just like next door in another room, and I think that all they did was smoke weed. And yeah, there was like a hot like box right next studio. to us. Yeah. <laughs> the high point of professionalism was when uh, Got- I think when studio. Diana Diana came down and we went to that mm-hmm. one, the one in Manhattan. Yeah, that was Gotham and Studio. Gotham Studio. Oh, yeah, that was and we good. had we had Ron Kim, who was like an actual person with a job. <laughs> and, like, and like we had the plan a logo like on the screen oh uh, yeah right. yeah yeah uh and uh that was probably the height of professionals and i don't think we've reached that high water mark since i think it's been back to our usual <laughs> just jump yeah. on the jump on this free zencaster shit and oh, we, we, were, we were getting we to have... the stage where we were doing uh home recordings at least for people in new york then obviously the the illness hit yeah. Should, I, maybe we should do intros because there's so many of us here. True. Yeah. Okay. So I'm teen. Everyone, uh, go down. We, let's go down the list of this. I, I get the the because the, um, there's so many of us. Uh, should we just go in order of like the peop- names that we see as they are on ZenCaster? Or sure. Is sure. Are yeah, they the same not? for everyone? I think they're uh, different for everyone. My name oh, is shit. first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everyone, go first. <laughs> I think it's different for everyone. Wait, everyone. Diana, go ahead. I'm Diana. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Adam, I guess. And, 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 uh, yo, Oxford no, you're not. Me, uh, no, you're yeah, not. I am. <laughs> Wait, are you Adam now? Yeah, we're going by that now. So oh, okay. it was funny that you said Mark, but I used to go by Mark, but I'm going oh, by okay. my real name now. All right. All right. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm still Philip. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, Jess and Q. Yeah, this is, this is Jess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's just we're just doing roll call. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> water's all fucked we're, up. We're all we're all here and accounted for, except uh, yeah. not not Jong right now. Hopefully, he's able to jump on at some point. Yeah, shout out to Jong because we uh, one of the things that we did was really up the game in terms of our website. Like when we first started, we That's right had all this. Like we did minimal. It was like. How do we leverage this uh, as quickly and easily as possible? And that was Medium. And I think the one thing we did that was a little bit special was we actually went out and got our URL. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we should talk about how we came up with the name plan A. And then, because I don't know if we ever talked about that. But um, the the Medium was terrible. I don't know. Like, do you, like for as long as we were on Medium... Like I could never actually like half the time I couldn't even load the damn website. Yeah, and then it was yeah, the worst. They, yeah, like you guys would bad. tell me stuff like, "Oh, the site's down," or it's taking a super long time to redirect, and be like, "I can't, I can't do anything about that." Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's <laughs> just medium really sucks. Uh, like the URLs that never resolved, just the endless memories, memory like hole that it ate in your browser. I mean, it was it was the worst. Yeah. Uh, just not very good. And then so we moved like we had talked for a while about moving over to our own like sort of custom hosted site. And I was like, uh, this sound like we had calls about it and stuff. And I was like, this sounds cool, but are we actually going to do this shit? And then over the course of like maybe like two months, like Jong, I know Philip, you did a lot of work. Jess, I know you did a lot of work. Um 
and we just like migrated the whole site over to this brand new uh, custom site, and it looks amazing. Mostly shouts to John though. We we miss you, buddy. Yeah. Wherever you are. Yeah. yeah, he did the lion's share of that of that yeah, work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I know that principle. we had we, we had friends that called us up and were like, "Can can you get whoever did your website to come talk to us because we're doing a similar project like our like uh, you know our friends over at the Resistance NWA like mm-hmm. they're starting something similar for like Black radicalism and wanted our input on that and I was like, uh, "No, that's a testament to how good the website looks." The way yeah. we were doing roll call, it uh, reminded me of a Korean drinking game called the Nunchi game. It's like, oh, God. there's like, oh, Jess, you know about this? <laughs> is that the yeah. flicking one? No, no, no. That's no. This is, okay, let's say there's like 10 people. The goal is to count to 10, and each person oh. says a number, but you can't say it at the same time with someone else, and the people who talk over each other have to drink. So what the goal is, you don't want to be number 10, because number 10 has to drink. So you want to say a number before that, but you also want to say it without talking over someone else so you either got to say like really quickly before someone else can say it or you got to wait until someone else says it so you know if we were doing the roll call someone (laughs) was like waiting around saying who's going to say their name and then let's say i say it but then mark says it or adam says it too at the same time we lose we got a drink or if i wait too long and everybody else goes and i'm the last person then then i drink 10 yeah Yeah, so yeah it's a fun it's like it's like musical chairs but for a high context social Mm. setting yeah Yeah, like it literally yeah, it, like it literally, like the word itself is literally like like being able to like read the room, right? Read the other person, like catch that side eye, or just under like kind of get who's gonna spring into action. It's how much or you, you just know, know the person the around. The, yeah, how much yeah. you like know the table. Does that game get you trash though, or is it just like just social like ice breaking? No, no, because it can go very quickly. I mean, just think about yeah. how fast it would go if we played right now. It'd be like everybody's probably drinking every you know thirty seconds. Like, yeah, you so you can you get trashed. Yeah, you can, but that's just called, you know, that's the Korean part, not the drinking game part. I was going to say, it's uh, like a Korean. You know. Who's drinking, like, by the way? I'm drinking. Who's actually drinking? Because I like, my, my alcohol consumption has gone basically to zero since this COVID. Oh, you meant started. in general, not like literally right now. Yeah, like who's who's out there? Who's, who's who, who amongst you? I'm the only one who's drinking right now. Philip's like, I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, who amongst I, I you is am. drinking? Right yeah. now, I am. Mm. Yeah, I'm I not, mean, but that's you know mainly because I I kind of drank earlier in the day. So, yeah, I mean the old ways are dead, son. Drink up. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? no? But like the go, but to go back to like talking about how like other sort of uh, people that are friends or other people are sort of starting this stuff up and asking us like who who did your website and everything like that, and also like asking us about like you know how do you do your podcast and who edits it, how do you edit it. What, what do you use? Do you use Zencaster? Like, I think that goes to sort of like how we've, you know, what we've been doing for the last three years, right? Like it, it's been, it hasn't just been sort of yelling into the wind and, and we've made a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's been good. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm also glad we did it on, on, uh, on the basis of principle. Um, yeah. And it's something that's, that I've been thinking about a lot, in, especially, you know, these days when we see um, a lot more, uh, interference of act in act when we see a lot more weird stuff going on in social media and now that's in the forefront of the news it's important to keep your mind on on these things so medium is obviously i mean it's not a neutral p- product um 
it has its own, I mean, it has its own motivations for existing, and we were just feeding into that whole machine. So we were seeing that business model that a lot of articles uh, were being uh, locked behind paywalls, a lot of messed up stuff happening with contents and con- content and content creators. Um, our friend Yasmin Nair right. uh, pointed us, you know, I mean, she actually, uh, she took a stand on that saying, um, like, it's it would be tough uh, to work with us because of the, not, not as a, as any indictment on us, but because uh, she couldn't, in good conscience, uh, support an institution like Medium and help feed that mm. uh, that corrupt machine. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially like now, when we see things like you know, Facebook is in the new, you know, all these social media companies that have that have made their name on sort of be pretending to be kind of neutral content distribution hubs, right? Like it's positioned very, it's framed very democratically. Like it's people who get to finally have their say. Um, uh, and it turns out it's absolutely not that. Um, there is a tremendous amount of control, surveillance, um, editorial control, um, silencing, etc. Uh, that goes into who gets to actually have that say on that platform. Um, so I think it's a, on principle, is a really good thing for us to be able to control this. Like we control everything about it. Um, the only way this site goes down is if like the DNS, uh, it, like DNS screws up or something, you know. Um, it's not going to be it's not going to be like a panel of content curators at say Facebook who decides uh, that our stuff is kosher enough to allow that's right uh, on their site. Uh, I mean it's it's gross to see yeah. pe- to see activity on Twitter like people getting banned. Uh, I like it. With, I mean it's nice to see people kind of like why why like Twitter why did you ban this person etc so on and so forth. But there's still I don't like that power dynamic where you are ultimately still uh, trying to negotiate for space. Uh, on someone else's good graces. So, on yeah, that's I'll get off my little soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah. I think it, what though what you're saying is important because like it is. I think I mean I, I I think it's I'm surprised that we got to episode 200 because uh, it's not easy like to keep no. uh, you know the 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 fire burning so to speak like. And I think uh, I don't know if pe- if people listen to this pod like assume that it's just like a group of friends having fun. It's not like not to say that we're not friends, but like I don't think if we were just friends that we would even bother to do this many pods and spend as much effort as we have um, maintaining the website and paying writers and all that stuff. Because first of all, there's easier ways to hang out with friends, right? And <laughs> and second. I, I think spending like the amount of like arguments and uh, internal like you know fighting and stuff over how to do this correctly, um, I've always thought that friends could not actually survive that. It, it, the only reason we were able to get through it, and I think our our whole team is well, we talk about that some other point, but our, actually the original team is actually still fully intact. Right, uh, wasn't always the case, but the to do that i think you really do need i think some organizing principle right it's not just like um you know when you listen to a pod a a pod with people like that have stuck around for a long time you know i don't think it's just because they get along well with each other and it's fun i think it's also because uh they they Mm -hmm. they're, they're they're all pursuing some kind of common goal for their own you know what i mean like that's the only way if it was just like oh yeah we just do this for fun i think we would have uh killed each other a long time ago 
here's the here's the thing though. If if I asked everybody here what what are our organizing principles, what is, what are what's our common goal, I feel like we'd have a hard time, you know, like enumerating them like in mm. a list kind of thing, right? It's a bit nebulous. I, you think so? I think it's doable. Uh, I'm not asking us to do it because <laughs> I think it's I hard. Think there's but no... I, there's no it's it's i don't think we're we're necessary we're not an activist group right we didn't no. band on for the purpose of like passing a certain law or seeing a certain right a certain right. thing happen mm-hmm. right that's that's not why we're here um like we come from different points in the political spectrum we come from different backgrounds um and we dissent a lot i sometimes i wondered like like our drag out fights could probably have been pretty good content Right. Um, uh, but it's it's I I felt one of the most significant parts of this was um, was as an exercise in reasoned dissent rather than how to maintain um, uh, cohesion. So it's what is what what can keep us talking to each other, even when we disagree or we don't share that same perspective. Um, yeah, it's not it's yeah. it, it hasn't been the same answer throughout the, throughout these three years. And I don't think I would know really how to put it into words now. Uh, but I do know that in talking to people that I that either a I disagreed with or just I thought I disagreed with, um, it's pushed me in different directions as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us are in a different place now than they were when this started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was an exercise. It was a real exercise in growth. So it's it was kind of putting it was kind of testing that hypothesis that people put out that you know your like political beliefs kind of ossify at a certain point in your adulthood, and the rest of your life is just uh, clinging to that. Uh, whereas this one actually kept the process a lot more dynamic for me, uh, and has pushed me to like 2016. Jess would probably be surprised mm. at 2020. Mm. Yeah. Jess. The growth thing is really important, right? Because doesn't it feel like three years later, the stakes are higher? <laughs> like think yeah, about the bullshit that we, we, yeah. you know, we complained about, we potted about three years ago, two years ago, even one year ago, right? Yeah. Completely different level from, from the kind of topics now. Yeah, I feel less broadsided. Uh, like the, some of the stuff that's been going on, it's sort of like, yeah, um, I'm glad we talked it out two years ago. Because uh, I feel a little bit more like mentally, like not pre- not necessarily prepared or like I'm I'm ready for the consequences, but at least I have some understanding mm-hmm. of um, how to think about the situation that I've just been confronted with. Um, yeah, 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 Philip. I always always thought that one of the problems with uh, the Asian American stuff online was like it was just super niche. Like people had it was just like definitely. No matter what, it felt like the little lunch table, talking yeah. about little lunch table problems, right? And um, not to say that 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 there weren't weren't important things being talked about, but it it, it just did seem very niche. And uh, that you know the um, Asian not Asian podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they start their podcast out every time saying like two guys talking about Asian American issues that nobody gives a fuck about. Like they, it's it's conceded right away that none of this shit matters except to us. And I think that I feel pretty vindicated in a way. Uh, and I think we all should that I don't think we're talking about minor issues here of like no importance to, to, to anyone except this small group of Asian people in America. You know, I think mm-hmm. 
the big thing that changed. Jesus Christ! Now we're getting serious again. Uh, the big, <laughs> but but, that, but no, but but that that is the thing. That the, the big thing is that, and maybe that's why Philip. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's not necessarily about articulating a specific organizing principle, but it's also just like, man, shit got real, like it real fast. Yeah, you know. And I think we were right to be like, yo, we should we should probably uh, create something, you know, do some level of minimal organizing rather than just like be one person, you know, farting into the wind on on you know right. on social media. And we continue to evolve, you know, I mean, we're thinking about like how we can push like for more reading, like I think you, you know, you're going to, we're going to be releasing that, you know, uh, discussions on the book clubs and stuff like that. So like we're, we're still changing and, and it just evolves over time. I mean, I don't know how much of this was just talk, but we were on the verge of trying to organize uh, the first in-person event uh, in well, it's probably like February, March, and I remember. I've always been serious about that. I yeah. just don't think, obviously, with the COVID, that we I do remember that. we had planned on late March, and when it was like early March, and all these warning signs were popping up, I remember thinking, "All right, we're gonna get a discount now because no one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna be there." Yeah, that's morbid. <laughs> we should, I mean, we could do because everyone's. The one thing I didn't want to do was just do like a online Zoom web call. meeting. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but, 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 well, no, my point is that I, I was never a big fan of that, but now it seems like that's the only thing. And it's almost like yeah. part of the reason I didn't want to do it is just because it seemed low effort. But now, but now it might be the only option. I think people, low I don't effort, know. Low effort, low energy. Think I think we should just keep our powder dry and just wait until. Uh, we can actually wait until it. 2025 when we can all come out again. <laughs> yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> I like, I, like I mean, uh, you know, uh, another thing that we've, o- we've always talked about and, and I don't know if, and I don't know if it's something that, uh, we could always edit this out, but we w- we've talked about like a book, right? Like a physical book. So like we have a lot of written content, um, and we also have some art and things like that. And, um, now that's something we can work on and that's, you know, it doesn't require people getting together. So that's something we also <clears throat> have, like uh, you know, uh, have discussed. But uh, I think that's a good idea because you know? I mean I don't. It doesn't have to be anytime soon, but like, so long as we're putting out um, writing and we get a lot of submissions and stuff, and and yeah. uh, you know, clearly people are in a state of mind where they want to write about what's going on, like. After Chris did that pod with, um, was it Eric who was participating yeah, Eric, in the, yeah. yeah, he was in the, he was in the protests and then we were like, Hey, let's go, let's go pay people to give us firsthand accounts of being part of the protests. Uh, it'll be, I think looking back at some point in the future, like a really good record of the times. Unfortunately, we're just in the times right now. So I don't know if yeah. we're done with that, but like, yeah, I think it would be, I think we have a good collection of writing that if you properly, you know, curate, like if you properly, yeah. uh, you know, anthologize, it would be a good record of the times. And I think we should, we should keep our mind in that t- maybe to that goal. Like when we're picking out um, submissions to publish to think like, Oh, would this be like a good addition to something like that? To the, to the anthology like that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so we should totally do the book. <clears throat> Everyone's um, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, hey, I brought it up. I want to do it. It's nothing it I've always be, thought about. Is it going to be one book or like an annual book? I uh, think we I'll, should try one <laughs> and then see where well, it goes. Uh, my <laughs> thought was always that there would be more than one, but obviously we have to produce one first <laughs> see how it goes. I don't. I'm, I mean, let's do one without committing to two. Like it's like kids, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't call it volume one. Yeah, we'll do multiple <laughs> volumes and go door to door selling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, we we have we have Nia on, um, and I, I, I know, I'm sure that Nia is having fun just listening to us ramble. But um, I'm cackling in the background. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Nia. Uh, I guess I was on a, uh, I was a guest on a, a show, like once, like a couple of years ago. Nia, where I, are you I, at? Are, where are you at again? In New York or in? No, I'm in, I'm in uh, California, Northern. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about like, you know, who who has like listened to the first episode? I. Didn't listen to the first episode, but I did listen to the second episode. Ooh. Because oh, wow. at the time, I was like, you know, just researching and looking at, um, you know, different hate groups because uh, I was, you know, studying about it and, and trying to understand the enemy. And um, then our name came up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I listened to the episode and I was like, oh, this is nice. I love this. So... I I think that I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran from episode two. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Damn. Okay. wow. All right. So you're a contender there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what? What a true. What's Nia's prize? What do we give you? A cake. Oh yeah, I love cake. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to do something, man. It's like like you seriously listen to his talk for two like two hundred episodes. Holy shit. Well, you know, we gotta... so there there would be times when I would take breaks, but because uh-huh. you know some <laughs> like, some of these episodes they are heavy stuff, you know. That's true. So yeah, yeah. and like, yeah. I immerse myself in heavy stuff already. So like there would be periods when I like would just have to take a break from anything political or whatnot. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, for yeah, I did notice. You know, in 2020, um, the the mood, ch- the room changed pretty quickly. Uh, if you just flip through the the titles and the topics that we cover, it's just, it is a pretty stiff whack of heavy stuff. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I guess we're we're in a period like we just need to balance. Like it's, a, I think we are at a really historical <laughs> inflection point. Um, but if you just looked at our pod, it like. God damn. Um <laughs> wait, wasn't one of the first ones like you and me talking about uh when they killed Suleiman when we drone strike yeah, Suleimani? That's how and it like and then me. uh that, that it was like one of the first ones. Because I remember because I remember like the reason we potted about that um wasn't really about Suleimani. It was about Trump tweeting that he wanted to destroy Iranian cultural sites. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the on that pod, Jess, I was like, I hate America. I just fucking hate America. That was it. I'm done. <laughs> I hate this country. I hate America. I'll always hate it. I always did. I just didn't want to admit it. You know, like uh, yeah. that was our, that yeah. was 2020. That was very different than how we started. <laughs> and now we can't even leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. No country yeah, will take it. us now. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So it's so 2020 has been a freaking. Can I cuss on the show? Oh yeah, yes, please, yeah. please. <laughs> 2020 has been a shit show. If it has felt like a decade in the last month, for that matter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's for sure. Yeah, no. Each month is like, oh, you thought that was you thought that was all okay. It's like every month is like challenging the previous month to hold its beer. You know that that's just kind of funny. <laughs> right. um, yeah. I I can't even count anymore how many times Teen has said, "Well, that's the entry point to World War Three. It's going to happen <laughs> next week." <laughs> well, I mean, we I I really think we are in uh, having a, a birth of a revolution happening. I mean, it's going to be either that or we're going to be digging around a little before we pick a fight with China. Oi! It's going to be, it's, it's, it's one or the other at the, at the, at the moment. Like, we're just going to be wringing our hands and being like, oh, well, you know, liberal democracy, we got to, we got to, you know, hold fast our principles while, and then go to war with China. I mean, we've already lived. That is a liberal democratic principle, going to war. I think all of us here are like millennials, like on the older side of, of uh, the millennial generation, right? I think yeah. most of us. I'm in my 30s. Uh, yeah, like bordering like Gen X uh, into like the elder mm-hmm. millennial ages. Um, mm-hmm. We've lived through this before. We have. Like we lived yep. through. It was the generation prior to us that was called. That was having this exact same debate post 9-11. And it's, uh, it's, it's angering to me to see how, you know, in 20 years, well within my living memory, to see how nothing has fucking changed, not a single bit of it. The targets shift, the rhetoric shifts, but the fundamental rules of the game being played have not budged an inch. And we're, we're blowing smoke up each other's asses, talking about like, yeah, Nia's like, can we cuss? And I'm like, well, we're going to blow smoke up people's ass. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I feel like the, the rhetoric has just gotten more ludicrous. And maybe yeah. like you know, 20 years ago, I was like obsessed with Britney Spears and like did ha- just didn't care about anything really politically. But I feel like the le- the rhetoric now has just gotten more ludicrous, like. Like, was it not just, like, yeah. two months ago when, like, this, like, administration was saying that people should inject, bl- like, bleach or, like, mm-hmm. uh, detergent into their bloodstream to, like, cure themselves of, like, COVID? Like, well, the other yeah, part of that that I think yeah. people didn't sort of, like, pick up on is that Trump was, like, UV, li- UV rays sort of, you know, kill bacteria. We have to find a way to inject the sun into us. Like the, yeah, so forget it's like that heaven's gate <laughs> shit. I totally forgot that he said that. Yeah. 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 I, mean, so, I mean, the rhetoric just seems like it's like some Everyone. bizarro world that we're living in. Like once people started saying the earth is flat, all bets yeah. are off. Like we, I, this is coming for a while. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit a bit of frustration though when, uh, and this is like typical, uh, you know, this is the, um, confidence of the mediocre white man was when he was going off about chloroquine or whatever it's called hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine and everyone's like you dumb fuck there's no support what is wrong with you and he was like i take it like like, like later he was like I, I even take it and he was like yeah i take it with the zinc he was like i sell it and uh then later a fucking like peer-reviewed paper came out that was like yeah hydroxychloroquine actually does really reduce the length of the symptoms and shit i'm like that is the confidence of the mediocre white man right there you like bloviate you start you know you start saying all this dumb shit and then later somehow science comes and fucking backs you up 
Uh, was, wasn't paper. there something was, that just came out that said it actually doesn't yeah, do jack squat? It actually doesn't. Yeah, I'm sure there's tons that say it doesn't, but all you need is that one to say it does. That's and true. You just like, need yeah. one. The yeah, one that you. they paid to pedal their drugs. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. The same yeah, thing with bleach. Research, the bleach yeah. All the research just adds up to, you know, just don't get it. That's the best. Just don't um, get it. That's yeah. the, just don't get it. Um, it wasn't even all that hard if we had put a little effort into it. It doesn't, like, just don't get it. Um, but this is, okay, so so I feel like when we started out, it was like, you know, I think people are maybe not taking this threat seriously enough or there's been a lot of stuff that's, been accumulating within the Asian American community, t- these tensions and uh, whatever that have gone unaddressed. And now that things have changed and all those things have come out and they won't stop coming out, it's like people are retch vomiting. Um, maybe it's time for us to flip back into our original plan, which was to be sort of like an Asian snack review. And <laughs> yes. Like you know, Just more of like Japanese snack thing. Box yeah, thing. I thought because originally we had talked about <laughs> either doing this stuff or going on YouTube and reviewing snacks, and I think maybe we should start thinking about that again. Reviving. Well, this. Also, teen, teen, you like to eat while you pod, so maybe you can do some ASMR, right? You could just like eat into the microphone. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> did I oh, miss gross. it too? That like, did I miss it when you you y'all were talking about um, why you came up with the name Escape from Plan A? Because they did step into the kitchen to get some coffee. Or did you not explain that? Oh, okay. So plan A was like, we, so all of us were friends somehow through, were we like in a Slack at that point or what was going on? We were already in a Slack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had found each other on, through various social media and (laughs) it was like, over time it was like, okay, this is, these areas are like 80% crazy people. And then 20% rational people and then like a tiny number of people that I actually want to like really talk with in real life. And then we all ended up slowly jumping into a Slack and that we would be like, okay, as a group, who do we want to invite into the Slack? And it grew to a certain level and then we decided, okay, do you guys want to do like, you know, a project where maybe we do a podcast and with a website around it? We looked around at some other you know, examples like an N plus one or whatever, just as a, just to look at what it would might look like, right? Banana mag, banana mag, yeah. Uh, <laughs> people doing do? the shit, yeah. <laughs> and then, sorry, I'm snacking. And then, um, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Then, then, then someone was like, okay, let's have a call, kind of like we're having now, and we'll throw a few proposals out. You know, like we'll we'll say like, what do you think our the goal is going to be? And so I had written, um, I had written on a sheet that was like Plan A. We'll do this. Plan B. We could do this. Plan C. And then everyone said, actually, Plan A was the one that seemed good. It was the one that was like, well, we'll have a podcast, and then we'll have articles around it, um, and we'll try to draw people to the thing, you know, either f- to the podcast from the website or to the website from the podcast. And eventually we could maybe do a Patreon kind of thing. And everyone said like, oh, uh, I vote for plan A. And then we're, we're, we were naming it. I think I forgot who said it. They were like, why don't you just call it plan A? That's a pretty good name. So that's yeah. how the name came about. Do you think that um, a lot of our listeners think that the A in plan A stands for Asian? 
Probably. Yeah, I, I think some people have said that. Probably. As the one yeah. who listened to it at episode two, I thought that that was what it <laughs> Yeah, it's ironic because I think we like explicitly wanted to not do any sort of pun on Asian. So it's ironic that people think that we did a pun. It just happens so often. Like every fucking other magazine is like slanted of banana or some some other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the names that we had proposed uh, just to piss people off was called Collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was was there solely to piss people off. I do hate that so much. <laughs> like, like the A Z N, yeah. It was collaboration with a K, and then in the beginning, yep. and then an A Z N at the end. That's right. That's, that's, that's yeah. how it would be spelled. And then it would be alternating between caps and lowercase the whole way through. That's yeah, right. and I mocked up. I, I mocked up the logo for it. I, of course, I used Oriental font. You are describing my screen name on my AIM in the 90s. (laughs) Collaboration. There we go. I think uh, think in 2020, the A stands for apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's valid. Um, Yeah, it does. Go go forth and prosper. The A stands for apocalypse. And then for Escape from Plan A, that I think... I mean, Teen, you can explain that one again. Uh, you probably... I think that was just like... Because we had been talking about how it felt like... Um, speaking of apocalypse, there were... It was a fairly apocalyptic Slack chat, you know? About how, like, things were... The world was going to end. And it just made me think of the Escape from New York. Right. Or Escape, Escape from, from LA. LA. Yeah. And I always loved those John Carpenter movies. So I was like, oh, just call it Escape from Plan A. That's literally yeah. all I... That's that's the whole. I don't know what for other people was because I think people were like, okay, we can call it that, but that was the only reason I proposed it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a mood if you think about it too carefully. It doesn't actually make sense because, like, Escape from New York and Escape from LA, like you are, like LA and New York are the dystopian prison islands uh, that you are tr- you the uh, protagonist <laughs> trying to escape from. So in that case, like, are we the? Uh, horrible dystopia that someone is trying to break loose from. Uh, like it's, yeah, it doesn't like, quite make like, sense. It, so it's not supposed to make sense. So I really like don't think about it too hard. It's just it's I've just always I, I've always kind of reconciled that to say, okay, Plan A is kind of like an ironic name to describe, you know, Plan A of your life, right? Like your model minority Plan A, like you were gonna mm-hmm. be be like a, a management consultant, right? And then. You know, it, you're escaping from that, escaping from yeah. Plan A. I don't know. That's the only. There's well, we I, have, that was not the intention, but I can. Uh, there, right. We are not having a spinoff called Plan B because that's not what we're about either. No. That's also a. Isn't that a um, contraceptive? Birth control. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. In that case, we kind of are, but <laughs> on, I don't know. <laughs> Pro life. Keep the kid. Uh, oh, no, no, you know, oh shit! Not not only is it. Uh, it's also isn't that Brad Pitt's um, uh, is that his production company production company Plan B? No idea. Is yeah. that B for Brad? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably. That's a really weird name for a production company. Plan yeah. B. Yeah, we're Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, They're like, we'll we'll yeah. do the movies no one else wants to do. <laughs> you just call yourself. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, it's, it's Plan yeah. B Entertainment. That's yeah. their production. Company. Plan B is Brad Pitt's company. They did like yeah, um, Plan B Entertainment. Yeah. They did like um, World War Z. 
Oh, they suck. They've well, come out. No, wait. I I feel like they've done some pretty good movies. Yeah, I think so. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's see. World War Z was just so bad. It's gonna take a while to make up for it. They, they didn't eat, pray, love. For anyone who has not seen that movie, all you need to know is that Brad Pitt survives like a 747 crash with just like a like a little uh, shrapnel in his side, which he just pulls out and it's perfectly okay. But is that any oh. worse than Indiana Jones surviving a nuke in a fridge? Well, that's also, you know, maligned as one of the or worst any movie scenes of all time. Movie, any Hollywood, like big blockbuster Hollywood action movie. <laughs> But see, I like those moments. I really like the fridge. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. It's funny. Yeah. Like, why is it maligned? Like, why? Were you looking for, like, a, Indiana Jones to tell you how to survive a nuke? Were you really looking? Did you really need tips on that or something? <laughs> like, Unfortunately, we had an Easter egg of that. There's, you know, a, 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 a <laughs> oh, yeah. area where you find the fridge and somebody's in it and they have That's that Indiana... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're, we do have a podcast coming up where we're going to um, say that Indiana Jones was part of a long-going Hollywood trope of uh, infantilizing young Asian boys as we'll their sort of sidekicks that. and how they groom them um, yep. in movies like what was it Gremlins was that was it in there Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, we're, we're going Golden Child. Yeah, yeah. I think we should actually watch Gremlins as a group and then po- do that podcast. Yes, we I think should. so too. Because it yeah. is it is so on the nose that I would I would classify Gremlins as an Asian American movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I watch. I mean, I told you guys about the, like I hadn't you seen did. it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see it as a kid, and just this past winter. Um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I have a little time, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch all these Christmas movies. Yeah, Gremlins. I just popped it on and took an edible, and then like right oh, as the no. edible hit, I'm like, oh, holy shit, this is. I'm seeing a treatise on American immigration policy. I wish I weren't. <laughs> like, I am tripping balls. Didn't this. didn't didn't the Gremlins turn the house into basically like an opium den? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. There was one scene where, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they even they, had they, uh, one of yeah. them with the Chinese man cap and the I was, Fu yes. Manchu beard. No yeah. fucking yeah. shit, really? There is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Holy there shit! Is. And they I have like the cigarette on the like big stick with the filter. Yeah, they have the whole thing. I think. Yeah, and they, and they killed. They, you know, I remember as a kid. Oh. They killed those gremlins with zero. She microwaved one of them and it blew up. Holy and then the other one, she's stuck in a um, a blender. Yeah. And head first, and its little feet were spinning around. <laughs> I mean, they they massacred those things, if I recall. Oh yeah, they they yeah. eliminated them with no mercy, no prejudice, yeah. with extreme yeah. prejudice. Yeah. And then we, we and then, of course, Malgwai was the little model minority. You know, bitch yeah. that um, sold them all out, right? Was that he did? Yeah, <laughs> he's, the, he's the good one. Yeah. So we got we got to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about foreign Gremlins is predicting foreign policy. That's how deep we're going with this movie. I have a yeah. case I can make, <laughs> but yeah. that's we. But uh, circling it back, no, I I just I like that I like that Indy survived a nuke in a fridge. 
that's just my final word on that. And I will say, I recently also watched John Carpenter's, uh, a lot of John Carpenter movies, and Escape from L.A. is now my favorite L.A. movie. Nice. Yeah, it's it's so good. I would absolutely live on L.A. as a walled-off prison island. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. I mean, it kind of technically is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, there's a whole scene, the where like a whole like, like night market. Three billion dollars for yeah. their budget every year. Or, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty much. How many more episodes do you think we can make before we turn on each other finally? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the big question for me. I think we the, can get I mean, very it, far. I, I mean, it's a next. That's a good question, right? Um, I, I, I don't know how seriously you were asking that. But it has been interesting to see how, uh, like, in in the time that we've d- been involved in this project, to see how other groups handled um, their own internal dynamics and how that played into their work, uh, how they were able to succeed or fail. Um, and I think there are some lessons to that, too. Um, it seems like a lot of groups actually faltered on uh, over-reliance on curated uh, uh, conformity. Like a, a certain mm-hmm. conformity of belief and action that if you're part of this group, um, that there is a there is a co- um, a core set of principles you have to espouse, um, uh, and uh, and this has to be this has to be um, reflected in your personal behavior and in your work. Um, and a lot of groups, I mean, this, I, that just seems like common sense, right? If you're going to be working someone, you need to know that you can trust them and that you have some commonality with them. Um, and it's how to negotiate the boundaries of that. Uh, it seemed like a lot of groups actually did seem to, uh, falter when, uh, that became, um, too much of a, of a, um, organizing principle that dissent, like disagreement, um, not as a matter of like, um, function but as a matter of degree um like that seemed to tear apart a lot of groups too um so it was interesting to see how we like i i feel like what we did well was manage how much we disagree how we disagreed with each other but we always took it as a as granted that we Mm -hmm. would and i think that's very important um i think it would have turned out a lot differently if we all gathered here to say we have to be aligned on all of these disagreement has to be treated with suspicion because you are not then you are out of alignment with what we thought you were um but i think yeah, we all came in expecting that other people like it's a mixed it's a mixed gender group um i mean and one of the first issues that we were really uh, interested in in parsing was gender differences uh, local to to Asian and Asian American communities, uh, we reflect a, a wide range of uh, of Asian ethnicities, nationalities. Uh, I mean, we're mm-hmm. all the same ethnicity, nationalities, right? We, we come from a wide background. Um, so I think it was great that we actually just made uh, ra- rational dissent um, a core value, almost. Yeah. And and I just want to point out that like within that Asian diversity, uh, you know, we we've also included myself, who's who's an adoptee. And I know that like I don't want to like bring that up just to bring it up, but like that that's really important. I feel at least for my community that that sort of like it was part of it, right? It wasn't just sort of you know different nationalities and and all the other diversities we have, but you know, 
Yeah, definitely. People who weren't even like you know raised in in Asian households. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I thought that uh, perspective that you brought uh, f- with respect to adoptees is probably what I've learned the most on because oh, that. that's a perspective that I personally don't have any experience with my in my networks and in my like real life. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I I, uh, I second that because I think like there was maybe on your part, Adam, a fear that these were niche uh, topics. Yeah, yeah. And I yes. was of the I was of the opinion that no, actually, it's it, it they're they're almost like a, a lot of adoptee identity issues that you've talked about to me kind of seem to be almost nor regular Asian American issues, but sort of in extremis. Like, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? It's 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 sort of like this, but but they're of the same kind, almost you know, not all of it, but a, but a lot of it, some of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, these are, you know, I, I just don't think that it needs to necessarily be this sort of feeling of like, oh, how do us non adoptees understand? You oh, know, yeah, you know, of course. A lot of it was yeah. actually like, wait, wait, they're 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 what they're saying. The, the, the adoptee community uh, is sort of directly applicable and i thought the same thing chris of the mixed race pods that you did um very similar it wasn't necessarily that it was like oh how do i understand the unique you know uh you know identity and 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 challenges of being mixed race in america it was also like oh wait no actually i get what they're saying as a asian you know as a full asian i guess is the word um yeah i also felt that way about the um trans content that uh, Nia and also Sen have put out in various spaces is that it's just another perspective on a lot of the same issues that we all deal with. And it's um, stuff that I was surprised that I could relate to so much. And then it kind of brings me back to what you guys were saying, how when you started, you were like, oh, this is, you know, our Asian American problems are these things that only we care about uh their niche they affect a small number of people relative to the you know total population of the u.s or of the world or whatever but i think that the assumption that something that affects a few people does is not important right like that's what you're saying like if it's niche then it's also irrelevant and i think that's a false that's that's a wrong assumption because it is often true that also, you know, this unique perspective that you have can shed light on bigger problems or, or like problems yeah. that affect everyone in a way that is more insightful mm. than other people yeah, can see. It's like a microcosm, right? So you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or it's really another data point uh, of the same phenomenon that's going mm-hmm. on. Mm. And I felt like what you're saying really apply to the way we collaborated with a lot um, uh, of black people that were doing similar projects as us, like over at Champagne Charts, et cetera, that the things that they were talking about, you know, we weren't reaching out so that we could better understand black people. We were reaching out because, you know, the things that they were talking about actually shed a lot of light on ourselves. And I think that's the problem that I've had with a lot of like white liberal with white liberal mentality mm-hmm. is this sort of like 
preciousness that they apply to everything where it's like, don't you dare try to understand like this is not for you to understand. You cannot understand as a white person like, you know, you, you must just throw up pity and concern and awareness, but you can't actually understand. And I, and I, and I feel like maybe that was a problem with uh, a lot of Asian stuff because a lot of Asian stuff was very like bougie, elite, you know, white anyway. And we adopted a similar frame, and I thought that it came out during the the um, you know the aftermath of Minneapolis and George Floyd, where we a lot of prominent Asian Americans were saying stuff like, you know, oh, we've got to recognize our privilege, and we we got to understand that you know black people have suffered in a way that you know we can't even you know Asians have not, and. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily that I don't think that statement is true, but I know the purpose of that statement is uh, to sort of keep it the whole thing at arm's length, you know, and to and it's actually not learn from it, right? And and because because it's all about you know uh, the individual, it's all about you know the the how unique and special and precious yeah. the individual is, the individual experience that you cannot. It's a form of like appropriation to even try to understand and and say, oh, yeah, you know, similar things happen in my life. And I say, okay, maybe white people are grappling with some white shit that forces them to be like this. But as non-white people, I don't think Asians should take that route. And I don't think we should be fearful of saying like, wait, you know, the racist shit that they pull on uh, black people, do they use similar strategies on Asian people? Mm -hmm. And you look and you're like, holy fuck, yeah, they do. It's yeah, the same do. shit. It's the same exact shit, you know? Um, so... I think that's a big difference as to our approach. But I do think, Diana, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, that we have pissed a lot of people off. I, I I was talking to one of our friends who's like a more established writer. And they were saying like, you know, you all still have a reputation for being like, you know, I'm like, what? They're like, you know, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Assholes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, mean, I, I, I don't an care. Though, yeah. So, right, <laughs> I don't right. Care. I guess that was. I guess Diane, I'm saying like I was happy about that. Yeah, to, to yeah. know that we've made enemies. That there, there, there. I think that there's actually you know a a pretty we have a pretty uh, shit reputation among a certain class or group of Asian American media people, and I'm like, good. We yeah, want it. We deserve it because fuck you all. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, until until uh, Plan A, I never really knew what it was like to be. Well, obviously, I knew pe people must have disliked me before, but for it to be, you know, to go to a Facebook group, for instance, and realize that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, th this guy's this guy's no good, that kind of thing, and to find your list on one of those block lists. Uh, I know several of us were on there that we discovered. I think it was sometime late last year, and we all celebrated that we were on it. So yeah, it is you end up wearing it like a badge of honor and it is liberating because you realize, you know what, it's like not that big a deal and it's better to be like this than to be, you know, limply agreed with and nobody cares. Is that a Churchill, uh, Churchill quote? You have enemies. Good. It means you stood up for something in your life. Uh, like that kind of, I don't know what, who said it, but it's like the quote is something like you can judge the quality of a person by the quality of their enemies. Mm. Um, it's probably just like misattributed to somebody. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they misattributed it to Churchill like they do a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, the people who don't like us are exactly the type of people that I don't like. 
and I think we were trying to go after, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, it'd be Um, a little weird if, like, you know, if you've listened back to some of our podcasts where we heavily criticize people or, like, you know, and they wouldn't hate us. That'd be weird. So (laughs) I guess my going, my going rule on this is like, if you're going to go out, I I don't think like any one in person ever should be like called out because of some vendetta or something like that. But like, if you're going out and you're, and you are speaking on behalf of a group and I'm in that group, you know what I mean? Like it's fair game. Oh yeah. Like if you're going to go out and speak for Asian people, as an Asian, I'm coming after you if I don't like what you say. Wait, because are you saying I think that like, when, when you say media people, are you saying that they're like celebrities or like people with huge platforms that hate like, us? I think I don't know, but I don't care about celebrities. But like, I think more people that are like writers and journalists and things like that. Oh well, that's petty like working as within fuck. media industry. I mean, it's like, that's like, you know, Ken Jeong shitting on people making fun of him on Reddit or something. That's just really petty <laughs> yeah, and stupid. Which he's done, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's making <laughs> reference to that. Oh, yeah. Okay. On the Netflix special. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shut the fuck yeah. up. I'm sorry. Yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, yeah, I mean, and, and that's something I think um, I realize not everyone's comfortable with that idea. I mean, I'm not on the pot. I mean, I don't think any of us, but, but like people... Sometimes are like, whoa, 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 that's a that's a bit, you know, you're going after a person or you're saying something bad about a person like Jeff Yang, you know, or you're going out and criticizing someone like Viet Thanh Nguyen. And I'm like, but they said it in public, too. Right. Like, it's not they've put everything out into public and they're purporting. And it's not just about them. This is about Asian people or sometimes it's about you. And uh, I, I just think like we need to get more used to this idea that if someone is going out in public and saying things on behalf of a group and you're part of that group, that you have the right to dissent. And you, if you do feel that it wasn't properly – you weren't properly represented, you got to call it out, especially if the person has a much, much bigger platform than you. you know. So I've always felt like that that – all that shit was like fair play does this feel right if i say like plan a one of our goals or whenever one of the things we do is we talk shit about asians who talk shit about asians does that uh, oh that's no great. no I, I don't know if i'm doing that i don't know if we're doing that as a as a goal i just think that sometimes uh that has to be done Mm-hmm. Because that is how, you know, fucked up ideas get spread. And I'm seeing people spread ideas like Yellow Peril. Uh, they're not, you know, and they're, there are supposedly people that know what it is and know how to call it out and know how to identify. It, and then they're engaging in it. And you're like, you got to get called out. Because you, these are people who they themselves would call it out if they saw it, some other one doing it. But they can't get called out for doing it. You know, forget it. But I, I feel like in a way there's this sort of like Asian on Asian violence thing that people don't like. Like <laughs> you can't call out another Asian in public. That's the other thing is oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of like enforced, you know, solidarity among Asians and stuff. And I'm like, I, I didn't I don't remember signing any fucking paper. You know, <laughs> I, I got I got that like directly when we were going after that Chinese burn show. And like, oh, God. And, so you know, I, I would talk to people who 
you know, were in the industry and, and they would just be like, you can't, you can't criticize that. You know, it's an Asian trying to do something. They got money. money. I'm like, I, I criticize whatever I want. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, the carryover that, of a previous notion of a notion uh, from previous eras that just simply having uh, an Asian face uh, within public view carries an inherent value of its own. Uh, there were people literally right. celebrating, you know, John Yu, uh, the author of the Bush torture memo and recently back in the news for advising Trump on how to do an end run around the Constitution using executive orders. Um, they were literally talking about him as some win for Asian representation. Uh, I think we've done we've I, we, we've progressed way past that point where and we can directly see uh, part of what we do here is uh, make note of the instances that we are able to find of instances where having that uh, having that Asian face actually serves uh, a really dark purpose to launder uh, actual harms being done not not only just to back to us but in general um, and it's to the point where I'm comfortable saying bad representation is uh, is uh, worse than none. I'd rather stay invisible um, if the only alternative yeah. is to have uh, is to have members who wear Asian faces and purport to speak for Asian perspectives uh, doing the work to further interests that are not mine that are yeah, antagonistic absolutely. to my best interests. Yep, pretty much. Hey, y'all, I gotta, I gotta run. I gotta walk these dogs. They're like, all right, all right. Bye, Nia. Thanks for having us. Yeah. See you, Nia. Bye, Nia. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So two hundred. I don't have a drink in my hand, but uh, (laughs) I am, I am genuinely surprised that we made it this far. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know how much good. So drinking, yeah. I've gotten very used to going to the Trader Joe's wine shop and getting the two boxed wines, one red, one white, every nice. like couple of weeks. And, and then you mix Sometimes it. It's like the first thing. Dude. It's like oh, your hot. Man. It's like your hot and cold spigot in your in your kitchen. It's often the first thing I consume in the morning. It's just like awesome. Yeah. Then, yeah. Oh wow! Wow, <laughs> dude, that's like Coke and Sprite when you like mix them together. Any right? any of you like teetotalers like I am? I just don't fucking drink anything now. I don't. No. I don't That's have weird. Yeah, no, you're not me. You're weird, team. You're weird. <laughs> oh, I, I think the coronavirus got in your brain. I think so. Maybe. Yeah, it's not. It's not a lung thing for you. It's it's in your brainstem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm a complete teetotaler. I think I had maybe a bottle of soju like a month ago. Okay. And literally nothing since then. How bad was I've the soju? <laughs> Huh? How bad was that soju? Yeah. Well, okay. How big was Dude, that? Wasn't great. The nor- I need it, to try. I need to get the, the North Korean stuff. soju. The it North Korean soju I got was like excellent. I'm excellent. sure that shit is good. Dude, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. It was like the cheap. It was like in the same cheap bottles, you know, like the cheap soju that they charge you 15 bucks for mm. in America. But in like Korea, you can get it at a 7 Eleven for like two bucks. So I it was, was thinking- in that same. It was in that same vein, but it was so much better than the the South Korean crap. I, I was thinking we could do like a like a like a al- alcohol and tobacco and snacks review where, like, <laughs> like we would review the snacks normally, but then like when we review the alcohol, like we would and and we would review like the kind of drunk that it gave you. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, like, yeah. You're like, oh yeah, this this is making me feel uh, particularly 
revolutionary. Yeah, or, you know, or uninhibited. <laughs> you know, and then we would smoke the cigarettes and be like, "Oh yeah, this this is really that's a that's a good smoke right there." You know, that's really giving me a real nice head high. And Clearing then we'll, we'll, the we'll get all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting that dry smoker's cough like I usually do, but this one, yeah, we can do that. I, I was saying, I really hate the word uh, teetotaler. Is, is that how you say teetotaler. it? Teetotaler. Teetotaler. Because yeah. it sounds like exactly the opposite of what it actually means. Because when I first saw that word, it sounds like somebody who's like stumbling around. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, but That's so true. I was, I yeah. actually thought for a long time it meant like like a, a drunkard. Yeah. Then I look it up, it's the exact opposite. I'm like, what the hell? This makes no sense. Whoever, whoever came out with that word is uh, failed. Um, so, <laughs> uh, supposedly it came from a man called Turner, who was a member of the Preston Temperance Society. Of course well, he was. Who had, a, who had a speech impediment. Well, that explains oh, everything. That's okay. like three strikes right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, uh, no, someone gave me a bottle of rosé, um, and I opened it, I had some, and then I, and then I left it out, so it just, it just went flat. Um, Oof. yeah. I, Wait, rosé can go flat. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like a sparkling wine? Yeah. Yeah, rosé sparkling. I, I mean, yeah. just act like any kind of that. sparkling. So I ran it through the soda stream. Nice. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to not run, like, non-water through a soda stream? Yeah. Like, fuck it up. Yeah, but, Total rebel. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, fuck the police anyway, you know? like, like That's right. I'm not yeah. claiming it. You carbonated your own wine. I did. Into, like, a wine. Sp- yeah. It's a wine spritzer I, at that point. And I That's didn't why. stop there. I made gin spritzers <laughs> after that. Yeah. I was like, wow. can, can you do milk? <laughs> I should do milk. I was I just have carbonated no. milk. <laughs> no, they have that. They have, have that. Yeah. have that. Yeah. If you, 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 milk, you it's yeah. called Milkis, isn't it? Milkis yeah. is great. It's, it's like yeah, it's, it's carbonated. Like, it's like it's sweet. lightly it's fermented. Um, so it's a, it's a lot like those uh the the yogurt shots. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of a tang to it. It's a lot. It's not as Milkis is great. Yeah. Wait, like your cult. Yeah, like yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like um, it's not as thick, right? So it's a drink. Yeah, so, so it's it's watery. Um, you can I, try uh... carbonating kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> you See, know, because kimchi is it's because the really good drinking. stuff is naturally carbonated. That's why you can say shit like that. It's because you're not drinking. You don't know how you, you don't know how messed <laughs> up you sound right now. <laughs> oh, as, 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 there, just like scuttles off to try it she's like no but, but there's naturally day. carbonated kimchi right where you yeah. open it up and it's like and there's a little, it'll, little fermentation it'll, yeah bottle. i mean well that's the car uh, fermentation i mean it's process. fermentation yeah, it'll, 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 you it'll, can't yeah, like yeah. you can't like run raw cabbage through the soda stream and expect like kimchi on the other <laughs> <side>. yeah. <laughs> no, just like the juice like the leftover juice yeah, you could carbonate it. that and throw it back in yeah for, yeah carbonate that jesus yeah. christ that's gross <laughs> but you could probably mix that oh, in with man. some soju and it would just be like a, a martini a real yeah, dirty we, martini we could do a right. we could do a youtube video called can you carbonate it you know I, yeah. actually, yes, well, yes, that's, yeah that's actually not bad because you know they put tabasco in right all like a cocktail. bloody mary that's right. i mean yeah, yeah, really with good. the bloody mary you're right with the yeah, yeah. The kimchi bloody mary that'd be good that actually. might be good actually I, yeah. yeah actually i'm gonna try that tonight awesome because we have uh yeah i want to try that if you carbonated like pickle brine and stuff like that mm-hmm. and used it for a martini, that might be good as well. Right. Yeah. Please open up a fusion uh, Asian cocktail bar before a white guy does it. Like, be oh, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I need the ironic beard and the plaid shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We used to bitch about hipster bars and hipster cocktails. And now I miss it. 
<laughs> now, I, like, I, I wish I wish I could go to a fucking hipster restaurant that served uh, a bun me slider with a uh, fucking you know kimchi uh, bloody mary. I mean, you can, but it's not the same because they'll give you the cocktail in a plastic cup, and the food will probably come in like a plastic <laughs> container. It just, and it's like, and you're gonna sit outside the, of a noisy street with like but, you know, buses uh, going by you. It's and I can't thing. see the waiter's beard because he's got a mask on, so it kills the effect. Yeah, like, what's the point of carding these days? Um, like, people. Yeah, no one can tell. The clerks just kind of go yeah. through the motion, but it's like, like, really? Do you really think that that's me on there? <laughs> like, we're just kind of like going. Oh yeah, COVID. Speaking of opening up new vistas of. COVID, COVID, I, I went to, uh, I used my mother's, because I'm such a cheap bastard, ID? I used my mother's ID to go to what? Costco, and then they never oh. call it out, so I'm like, my mom was like, because I hadn't gone to Costco until recently, right, because now now I go I go shopping there more, and uh, my my parents were like, just use our card, you don't have to buy one, because you're not, you know, whatever, and so they, they don't really care, but then a couple times, they'll check the ID and they'll be like, is this you? And I'll just be like, no, it's my mother. And they're like, you can't use someone else's card. And I was like, my mother has pre-existing conditions. So I have to come here because she's trying to avoid, you know, getting the COVID. Yeah. They'll be like, okay. (laughs) So totally do vistas. You could totally use your parents shit for everything. And if they ever call you out on it, just be like, they have pre-existing conditions. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for them. Yeah. And they're fine. You can buy like tons of booze. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A pack of steaks, some vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Don't judge us. Yeah. (laughs) Two cartons of Marlboro Reds. They're like, dude, your mom, what the fuck? (laughs) Lady knows how to live. I will not say. If you're on your way out, you know, who cares, right? Exactly. Yeah. Pre existing condition so. is having a son that'll do her errands for her. That's, uh, yeah, hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're picking up my booze for me, son. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. All this talk reminded me of a picture. I think this was like very early Plan A days when we were first on Twitter. I don't know who generated this picture, but it, it makes Teen look like a mother in law. Um, what? What? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to share. Uh, yeah, I, I, I what does a mother in law look like? Yeah. Well, yeah well, <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. Uh, Are you putting teen through those apps like Joe Rogan did and he became a hot chick? I don't know how, how this ended <laughs> up God. here. Um, oh, wait. I don't know if you can share pics over. Uh, well, you, a chat. Put it in the Discord. Let's put it in the Discord. Okay. All right. I really hope takeout cocktails remain a thing. Um, mm. I think that's a that was a an, uh, a really good innovation. I mean, there's I've be never pick. considered it like like because uh, I would drive up to it and get it. That doesn't work, does it? No, no. Um, I mean, I don't know how they're doing it in New York. I, I imagine they're doing it. Similarly. All right, I uploaded it. Um, but uh, oh, oh, yes. Uh, Shan did this. Oh yeah, oh, see, yeah, look yeah. At my that. girlfriend did this. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> is this? I don't remember that. You look oh good. my god. Yeah. <laughs> you look great. Yeah. That's awesome. That Thank is you. So great. Yeah, no, that that was me. Uh, that w- yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why this was done, but she did it and then sent it over to me. Are those I, dog ears? What the yes. fuck? Yes, and it's a little gold thing on the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the the photo for this pod. That this yeah, 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 has to be. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What's yeah. that pink rectangle right on top of your head? I th- on top of my head. Yeah, I think that's my head. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. oh, it looks like a cleaver that someone yeah, dropped my head with. It's just like... I think that just might be like a Photoshop error. 
Okay. I don't know uh, if that's meant okay. to be anything per se. So I remember funny, this, yeah. Man. I do I look like know. a mother-in-law. That's weird. See? See? <laughs> I think it's a stern expression, and uh, and I don't know what that is. It's like a pink poncho. Yeah. I think, no, I think it's like you're just wearing a jacket, and then she just it pinkified the it. It made it pink. The yeah. Color. yeah, she yeah. changed the color on it. Dude, these these Chinese actors level. I mean, it's it's kind of that's that's your goal. Like, I hope I <laughs> yeah. I achieve this when I'm like 55. I want this now. I want this now. I can't wait, wait. stop looking at it. <laughs> These filters are amazing. I'm telling you. That's right. Yeah, we'll make this the cover. Yeah. Yeah, happy, definitely. Happy 200. Oh. oh God, 2018. 2018 though. Happy that's, 200. That that's so long ago. So our glory long years. Ago. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's our glory years as a country. 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Do well, you remember I don't know. What we were what we were talking about, like the stuff that would, like we talked to each other a lot, right? Like the volume of conversation for years, it probably outpaces communications I've had with like many members of family. Um, yeah, well, especially because yeah. we were all at the magnitude. office. So what yeah, what else were we going to do? Work, do? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was working in college. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He was in college. That's so right. I was like, "What? They're gonna study? Damn. Come on!" Uh, but like, like twenty eighteen, like we were, we were taught, like it would just be random shit, like some, like an Asian on a, like it's a side character on some sitcom, and we'd be like, "Get in the slack. We're talking this shit out right now." And we spent like <laughs> this all is really days important. Talking about this, like parsing minutia of, uh, of, of like anything to do with this, and it's, like looking back, it's like, like we were onto something. Um, I'm not sure what we, I'm not sure what we were onto, but there, but there was something to it that all added up to where we are right now. Yeah. yeah. So my we question is, do you, do you think that those conversations were of any actual material impact in the sense that, like, I kind of think of it like dis- distance in walking, right? Like we've covered that ground. And it actually takes a lot of time and effort. It's it's more tiring than it looks. Do you think that's actually ground covered or do you think that was time wasted? Are you saying like walk before you run or are you saying like... Well, no, I'm saying like for someone who like, where are we now? Where am I'm trying to figure out where I am now as a person is like, did all those things that we talked about for years, did it actually advance me to somewhere that if I hadn't had that conversation, I would need to cover that ground. You know, like how do like, I don't even know if I made any progress and if I did, I don't know if the conversations were necessary to that, but I suspect that they were. So I, I think so. I don't think it's linear in that, you know, a, you know, a before B before C, but I think it's all just kind of out there and event inevitably you're going to, run into it and it's better to have worked it through and like you know walk that path and talked it out uh because i think inevitably you probably will just because it's all it's all just scattered out there everything's like circular and there's no real order to it but you will just kind of run into it eventually i think it was a good exercise yeah it's also the act of just talking and doing it Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. it puts you in the position that we are now to just be able to come out with stuff that, you know, like really gets at the heart of something like really profound sometimes. It's like, you know, if you are trying to be a writer, 
like the first 10 novels that you write might be about random shit that you don't care about, but then it prepares you to write your, you know, masterpiece or whatever. I mean, the way I see I've it thought is about that it we like, spent a lot of time. Because I've never been to therapy, but I always too many people have been like, hey, dude, have you ever seen a therapist for me to be like, hey, maybe I, what is that supposed to mean? And I wonder if in a way what we're doing and what other people are doing that's similar to, to this. Because like Andre was saying, if you read the mission statement of, of Resistance NWA – it was really Maybe we similar. Explain who Andre is, in case people. Don't Andre know. Domis, yeah. Oh, so Andre Domis, who's been on, he's a he's a writer. I think he's an editor at large of Wright McLean's, and then they recently started something called Resistance NWA, which is um, a very similar setup as to us. But they have like, you know, they have a Patreon, they have a they have multiple podcasts, and they have right a website. Yeah. And we've helped them, you know, we've helped them in terms of like telling them what we know about setting this stuff up or whatever. A very similar thing. And uh, my point was that they had this mission statement when we also had a mission statement. But they said something in that mission statement that was very striking to me because of how similar it was to what I was thinking. And I think how we got started was they said, look, we were just like people online having these conversations and we thought what is the point of not of just having these conversations and then they just disappear after we're done like they would jump on the phone or jump into a chat room they would spend hours talking through something and then it was gone and so they said this happened too many times we might as well just find a way to record it and accumulate it and i thought that that was a really exactly in many ways the idea that we had but then I started thinking about it relative to all these people um, talking about therapy these days, which is how popular it is, the, the uh, therapy. And I started wondering, is therapy like a replacement for this? Do you know what I mean? Like, Because I always used to joke like, oh, this is my therapy. But that makes it seem like this is a replacement for therapy. But in a way, I think – Maybe it's like the therapy is the paid sort of like synthetic replacement for what people used to do, which was, was just talk to each other. What is this though? Is this like unfiltered conversation? With like the local people? gentry gathering in a pub talking about, you know, <laughs> stuff for, you know, what, you know what I mean? No, but like the stuff cheers. you talk about in a pub is not the stuff you talk about like with the, you know. Well, point, people who challenge each other who like don't have the same perspective apparently but. it was like a long time ago i'm, I'm starting right. to yeah i'm starting to see that like back then people were a lot more like politically motivated than they are now and there was a lot more sense of like even even local politics and like there was a lot more like organizing back then and all this shit and yeah it wasn't people just talking about the weather and sports and and movies they didn't even have movies so no, they didn't. What I'm saying is like I wonder if there is a natural human need for there to be like some ongoing group discussion, discourse to be a part of. And if you lack that, then you need to go see a therapist. <laughs> that uh, I sense? mean in terms of uh integrating traumatic situation or traumatic experiences back into mm -hmm. your regular consciousness there's multiple stages of recovery and mm -hmm. two of those stages heavily um rely on like interpersonal support and community 
support. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. in terms of that, um, I think just the acts of communal um, talking that all of us are doing is that kind of like third stage of, I guess, recovering from racial trauma or other trauma. I hope it's not just talking, but listening to right? Like I hope listeners... I think we've gotten this feedback before from people who are like, like that really helped me work out my feelings, like listening to your episodes on Asian topic X or Y. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. sometimes like, yeah, I don't, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm not in every pod, but yeah, I'll listen absolutely. to some pods that, that you guys are on and I'll be like, fuck, that like really resonated with me. It really helped me at least put words to stuff I want to say um, or get something off my chest without saying it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Does it instigate other conversations Definitely. that you have with people Oh, definitely. Your, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, a think, lot of it is just like it's vocabulary. It's like you learn words or you learn, you know, ways of expressing some idea that you feel because often racism is the thing you feel, but you don't know how to say, right? Or you feel like mm-hmm. it's wrong to say, right? But hearing someone else say it gives you permission to say it as well. Yeah, I think it's the permission for you to say it that's important. Not just hearing it, but just thinking like, oh, if this has already been said or like this is the way to say it um that i couldn't express before like the expression like your personal expression is what's therapeutic not just listening well it's good the listeners get out of it otherwise this would all just be a racket where people are paying (laughs) to for our therapy well i mean i think uh, in terms of the range Mm -hmm. of topics i think the thing that actually prepared me most to be able to think properly about all the stuff going on in 2020 is reassessing assumptions so stuff that we were talking about and i feel like like, i I feel like in a way we were kind of lucky to start when we did uh when uh there was a inflection point coming that we could all kind of sense but there was still also a broader sense of normalcy and uh a veneer of progressivism that we were in a position to to critique through vehicles like media representation um affirmative action stuff like that that's been percolating uh through um the last few years i think one one really good exercise for me was coming into this and kind of putting aside the assumption that i already knew what was quote significant and therefore worth my time thinking about and what wasn't I think that was a big one. So a lot of people will dismiss stuff, you know, they'll either be like media representation is the issue facing Asian Americans. And some people will say like, no, that's just, that's just pictures on a screen peddled by Hollywood. Like who cares? Right. Um, I came in with a set of uh, like, I, I, I wasn't particularly attuned to media. I wasn't a big movie or TV watcher or anything. I didn't really pay attention. Um, so that the whole media representation, particularly of people of color didn't mean much to me, to be quite honest. But then coming in, but then putting that aside, okay, let's take this as an almost intellectual exercise and kind of take this seriously. Um, There are, I don't think that there is such a thing as a small issue. Part of it is a matter of respect. If I'm respecting the person, it's a matter of respect. If if someone's talking, trying to talk about media representation, um, it's uh, it's a matter of respect for that person to to uh, take them at face value that what they are saying is worthy of my time and energy to think about. Right. Uh, and then the more you think about it, the more it's not actually, there is no such thing as an isolated issue. You can, you can use almost any of these issues to do a very deep dive into like the heart of, you know, the social fabric, right? There's nothing that's kind of boxed out and can be evaluated on its own rules. If you want to talk about it rigorously, and especially if it's against a certain dogmatic um, discourse around this topic, um, you can go almost anywhere with it. 
So, I mean, when we talk, when we talk, if, spend a lot of time, if you do it right, if you do it right. And we saw too many examples of people doing it wrong, which is kind of accepting a certain dogma and then using that as the, as a, a, a as the tail um, to wag the dog with uh, basically. Uh, and we saw this in like, you know, talking about like gender issues, obviously, you know, if like, uh, 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 those are very heated issues, and we spent a lot of time and effort parsing that through. A lot of people said, "Well, th- you know, this a validates um, this can validate you know harmful gender uh, gender issues, perpetuate them even by debating them." Uh, my perspective always was, it doesn't it doesn't actually do any harm to think it through. Um, and the issue, what we found, it's not just a, simply a matter. It can't be. There was no. Uh, I mean, the thing that I came to realize in all of this is that none of this actually existed in a bubble right that only us asians were affected by or that there are somehow unique rules and pressures that only we are subject to and that the are the manifestations are somehow unique and need to be treated as such um or that they are somehow like inconsequential uh aka like meaningless uh, like you can take those like it's gender, it, it's class. Uh, thinking through those things kind of ri- more rigorously uh, helped me process just how interconnected all of this was. Uh, that which is a good foundation to, to think through. Like, I, I think this year would be very very confusing if you didn't have uh, some training wheels uh, to start off with uh, in years prior leading up to this. So speaking of doing it wrong, I was it was funny. I was I was watching um uh a movie called Palm Springs yesterday. Uh it's actually pretty good. I recommend the movie. It's it's a sort of a rehash of Groundhog Groundhog Day. And uh but the reason I bring it up is because there's a, there's um a character cri- played by the guy Chris Peng who I think was in um uh Crazy Rich Asians. He's like the guy with the six packs, you know. Yeah, he's the best friend and, of the main male <laughs> character. Yeah, he's known as like sort of a Asian Hollywood hunk guy. And um he plays the I think he plays the best man in this movie where they they're they're at Palm Springs for a wedding and he's the best man and he's also he he's like a he's also the officiant and all this stuff. And there's a scene where he is his uh Andy Samberg's girlfriend who's like this blonde chick. Uh, is cheating on him uh, with Chris Pang, and Chris Pang's character is a turd. He's a he's a piece of shit, and all he ever wants to do is go into the bathroom and do coke and all this shit. And uh, all these people, and the girlfriend included, they're all portrayed as being like these really just sort of disposable people. Uh, everyone's in this thing is fake, except for the two people who are caught in the time loop. And um, but I was just thinking how that that sort of was the dream uh, of the way people talked about Asian male representation was like, you know, why can't we cuck the white guy <laughs> in a way? It was like, well, you yeah. know, like why yeah. can't, and he did, he totally, he's, he's banging the white girl in front of the white guy. And that's the scene. And he, and it, and it happens multiple times in the movie. Cause remember the day repeats itself uh, ad infinitum. And I was just thinking how it was so funny because this is one of the most turdiest, crappiest scenes that of, is of no benefit or, or value to anyone. Uh, it has no relevance to race. It's just it's just some dude banging another chick in a bathroom. 
And but at the same time, if you look at the sort of like racial dynamics of it, there was a time when the Asian American discussion around media representation was like, that's what we need. And it and you get it. And it's like the most disposable, useless thing of all, you know, Um so I thought that was that was funny because he, he, the, he that little crappy scene delivers everything that I think the Asian male emasculation thing was was asking for, and I just think it's 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 an interesting thing to discuss because it's like how come when you get it it's still of so little value, you know? Maybe it was garbage all along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe that's I don't, Yeah, yeah. Well, were you, know, you saying, yeah. Teen, about how it's not, or it was, uh, you were talking about Lacan, and you were saying that it's not the thing that you desire, it's the desire that you desire. So you mm-hmm. kind of have to have that roadblock of not getting that yeah, shit turd exactly. scene to even care about anything. And once it's there, yeah, it's it, like, ugh. Yeah, and you've got to make it. It's got to be like this huge prohibition. Like this will never happen, guys. We will never allow the white man to be caught by the Asian man on camera. And then it happens, and you're like, "Oh, they totally will let it happen." Oh, okay, that's yeah. I mean, it becomes so like that that desire or like that road the desire for that roadblock that becomes like a a fetish, you know, for. Mm In its own right. Everything. It represents, that thing represents everything wrong with you. And then you get so obsessed with it that that becomes your identity, even. And so once that gets presented and everyone's just like, okay, whatever, you know, like it's hard for people to let go of, even, I think, because Mm -hmm. that means that, um, like who you are has to fundamentally change and what you've worked on for so long has is meaningless now. And you have to start over on something else. And, and, I think and it might've have, always been meaningless. Right. And I think yeah. people have a hard it's time like letting that it, go. It, it, you do. should yeah, watch, watch, watch this movie at some point, because it is funny because it does check all the boxes for all of the Holy grail of like what, you know, was what was thought to be impossible. Yeah, like going way back. I remember, uh, you know, all the way back when it was like, you know, Jet Li was not allowed to kiss Aaliyah and stuff like that, right? Like um, Romeo must die. Like, oh, they'll, we'll never allow the Asian man to do whatever. And um, and then you see this, and it's you know, this should be the moment where the aliens touch down, and we finally realize, you know, like, oh my god. Uh, I think you know, that speaks we're in the new very, era. I think that speaks but, to but, a very narrow, um, just frame of reference for what is possible and i think Mm -hmm. that's like a very american thing or like a very western thing because like my parents do not have that attitude they're always like you you all you need to do is stay alive because you have no idea what is going to happen in the future right like when Mm -hmm. they were in college or sorry no when they were teenagers you know my dad was in a factory working (laughs) metal and my mom was you know doing like uh re like education re-educate like the farmer education in the countryside and they you know they they were like well the schools will never open like that's an impossibility and then everything changed and now they're Mm -hmm. like here fucking doing computer programming and shit it's like who the fuck would have imagined that was possible but it happens so if you live a life like that you know you're just like, uh, you just have a more, you just have a broader perspective on things. 
And I think it's not necessarily like a problem with Asian men or anything. It's just like the American narrowness. I, I mean, I think there is a level to it, which is Asian. And it just reminds me of, I think of that scene in um, the Truman Show, if anyone's ever seen that, mm-hmm. where he sets off. He's like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the great journey. And he, and he gets into the sh- his boat. The robot, and he fights, yeah. yeah, and he's like fighting against, you know, the impossible, these storms, these waves, and he breaks through the other side and he realizes like he just, and he hits the uh, end of the dome. Yeah, and, and he literally it's, hits the end like, of the stage. Yeah, it's like 80 feet out from the beach yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and it's just like this wall. He's like, boop. And then he's like, oh, wait, there's a staircase here. Where did this right. come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit where it's like, you know, I, I do think that there were... Um, there was an Ed Harris in the uh, producer's booth that was throwing up all of these, um, you know, uh, s- you know, obstacles for for people to think were these huge things to overcome. And then when when it's over, and uh, you know, they, they've moved on to other things, they've canceled the Truman Show, so to speak. Uh, you're like, oh, I'm free, and then boom, you you hit the end, and you're like, it was right there all along. It was nothing, you know. Yeah. And um, well, and also in that yeah. movie, like at the end, he was given the choice of staying, and he hesitated for a while because mm-hmm. he could have. Right, think right, some right. Some people would just be like too scared to go out there. You know, they That's just true. like yeah. go sail sail way the fuck back to their fake life. Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're dealing with stuff like that now. I really do, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, I, I think that I don't know. It's just endlessly interesting to me. I think like a lot of the maybe psychoanalysis and and, and the stuff like that we've been kind of putting into the Discord to read and stuff might be interesting to to form the basis of what we talk about yeah. going it forward. Might, I mean, I, we so. you've um, you've brought up the allegory of the cave uh, a few times in chat. And uh, I think it might actually be sort of interesting to talk about that maybe in another pod and, and relate it to sort of America and what's going on, because uh, I think it, it, it really actually explains a lot of why people and you just you said, Diana, like people will just turn back like that. The allegory of the cave talks about that. It may be something to talk about. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any we're at an hour 30. Um Anyone have last thoughts to share, things to share, anything like that before we wrap it up? I want to. I want to raise something. I think um, yeah. one of the things that we that like instigated Plan A was Trump got elected, right? Yep. And I think a whole bunch of shit formed up, right? Like the resistance formed up, like all these podcasts and whatever, like all these things happened around the idea of like trying to end his presidency. And we're getting close to the point where that might happen in November. Do you think maybe not plan A, but like a whole bunch of, you know, this progressive discourse online is going to shut down the minute Biden comes into power, if that happens? Yes, I do. I think I think that we're going to see a lot of a shift in how the liberal media talks about stuff. And uh, some of it will be good, I'm sure. Um, some of it will be pretty like bullshit. I'm a little bit more worried about the bullshit, but yeah, I do think it's going to change. I, th- I do think that there's going to be um, a false, a temporary false sense of hope right. that things are just going to go back to normal. Uh, and I, I just think the idea that 
Biden is rep- like the story, I think, will be that Trump was a blip, a temporary wrong turn. And what should have happened in 2016 was that we should have voted in Hillary as a continuation of the Obama era and that voting in Biden is the next best thing uh, or maybe the better thing. And that now we can continue with the journey that we were meant to go on all along. And I think that's a delusion. Uh, yeah, 100 percent. They'll but try to a, do that. They will, it's, it's, a pow- and it's a powerful delusion because, again, I think people want it to be true. Uh, but I don't think it's true. And I don't think wanting it to be true is going to make it true. You know? Yeah, that, I mean, that question just kept going through my head when we were talking about, oh, we've made it to 200 episodes. You know, can we do 100 more? You know, what was the origin of, of plan A? You know, like, can we slip back into complacency the same way we think the American public might, right? If this, if this move happens. So I don't know. Some, some, some of the things that I think are specific to what we've been talking about, especially in terms of like, um, you know, trying to scapegoat um, China and, yeah. and antagonism, foreign policy antagonism generally, uh, which has always been a problem for Asians, might get worse under Biden. I mean, you know, people have tried to tell me that it's going to get better, but everything I've seen has been like, you've been getting bad information. It's been getting worse. I mean, they're they're definitely more hawkish than Trump. So, I mean, I guess the, mm-hmm. the, the positive side of that happens is that we'll have more shit to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'm not worried about that. Dude, we, yeah. We'll always have shit to talk about. Yeah. I'm just worried about whether, in, in you know, at what point do we turn on each other and start trying to kill each other? <laughs> Nah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, you know, doesn't that always happen in the, um, in the zombie movies? Eventually, the survivor group eventually. Dis- yeah, the, the humans dis- are the monsters all along. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think, I think as a nation, like, I think a lot of Americans are not are turning away from that whole "we were the monsters all along" realization. They're just turning away from it. Mm. I think that has a big part. Yeah. In it. It's going to be fucking scary. I I don't feel any with November coming and probably I mean, I still think Trump has a pretty good shot at winning. Oh, yeah. Um, And I I don't I don't expect I I don't expect Biden to win, though. I know he probably will. I just I'm not planning for it. But like uh, I I think that I don't have any sense or hope that like suddenly things are just going to change. And, you know, 2021 is going to be like nope. a, a renaissance for America, though. I think that there may be a year or two where it feels like that there there. We, I think we can temporarily through the sheer power of uh, of communal denialism um, make it seem like we've turned it around. And I will and I will gladly go back to being like, you know, uh, a contrarian and, and um, a dissenter in that sense of like, I think this is a false promise. I, I think it's how much they're going to be willing to pay off the middle class. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, which yep. directly indicts uh, basically all of us here. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. And yeah. we we should be uh, the traders, the the class traders, so to speak. Um, I mean, of, you know, when it comes to that, I, I have because... a lot of thoughts on that. But I mean, we have to. St- yeah, a it has to happen, and b it has to not be considered treachery um or it's Mm -hmm. and it can't be considered a moral position like we have to do this because it's for the greater good uh no at this point this is a direct interlinking there is no substantive there's no material difference um between um 
quote the, the ever shrinking quote middle class uh and mm-hmm. the faceless hordes that we are conditioned to loathe and want to and are trying desperately hard to not fall into ourselves um right so but the temptation is going to be there and i think and it, and it feels suicide and i'm looking at what's going on up top and it's it feels suicidal because uh, they are not paying off the people they need on their side uh to help mm-hmm. them to help them advance this agenda um at this point, if you have like doctors pissed off that uh, there's no PPE coming and people are talking like, yeah, fucking deal. Um, uh, you're kind of we're, we're in a we're in a we're in a strange position. Um, people have been saying, you know, this is like we're saying like, oh, this op- this thing opened my eyes or maybe it was all rotten all along. Uh, this still reflects a certain amount of denialism. We all were susceptible to because we weren't, and there are masses of people out there who would have been able to, who knew that and would have been able to speak on that directly much, much sooner because they were more directly affected by it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So when we talk about like yeah, slip and, back into uh, complacency, then that just has to be called out. Then this means that, uh, mm-hmm, that yeah. the system ground its found its way to function a little bit more to pay us off to hold us as the bulwark against deeper forms of uh reform or or outright revolution right right i mean i think we're still doing that to some extent uh philip it's it's I, i don't think necessarily like it's like oh you know we everything fell apart everyone understands the problems now we're just trying to uh you know do something i think and, and, and to a large extent, I think what we've been doing, if you look back and and kind of try and figure out what we have been doing ourselves, because I don't think we always know what we're doing until after the fact. I mean, I think a lot of it was meant to provoke. You know, I think a lot of it was this frustration of like, how come people don't necessarily see the problems uh, or how, how come people seem to be putting up with with it? And being okay with it generally, and not and not wanting to go out and and uh, you know be a little bit more anti-establishment or rebellious, and uh, I think that's where we started from was not necessarily like oh how do we necessarily help people cope or manage racism, which is what a lot of Asian American um, uh, content is about, but rather almost in a way like how do we make it worse in a way like how do we how do we let it make it get into your skin even more than it already has? Or how do we get you to admit that it got under your skin and that, you know, you're having a hard time dealing with it. And most of what you're doing is avoidance or suppression or whatever. And so I think in a way it's like kind of what we've been doing this whole time is trying to instigate to some extent, because I, I think we, as Asian people, as Asian diaspora, like we understand that there's like, Especially after you go online and you see it, you're like, there, this are, this is a pattern. Like people are not just like unique snowflake individuals that are unknowable. If you're Asian in America, like you've seen the same shit that other Asians in America have seen, no doubt. And it got under your skin, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So how do we exacerbate it to the point where you can't really deny it? I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily what you all agree with, but I think to some extent, looking back, that that, that is what we were trying to do. I don't, I don't think I was consciously trying to do it, but it is. Instigating, I think, is is in large part what we're trying to do. I'd agree with that. I mean, we're in such a terrible situation that just seeking the truth is an instigation. So, I mean that that's what the that's what happened. But I think ultimately, 
the way that I saw it was just everybody was just trying to figure out what's going on, like what's really going on. I think that's true too. Yeah. 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 I guess the, end of it, the point being that, uh, Philip, to the question, I guess. No, I, I, I almost feel like we're just going to be doing more of that, you know, if should should the Trump era come to a close, because I think I'm going to get pissed off at seeing people suddenly declare victory. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no doubt that like I have no fear that we're going to just suddenly be like, oh, you know, yeah, Trump's gone. Like it's all, it's going to get better, guys. Like the, I, <laughs> that never yeah, entered my mind. Yeah, and You've already seen no, a lot like, of people on. on the left, Adam, like that are just yeah. like I like they already That's sense it. it. They're already yeah. like. Your boy Biden is just as bad. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, right. Like, like I, blah, blah, blah. I, I'd be, I'd probably, I'm probably even more pissed. I'd be probably even more pissed. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, uh, uh, so. it's Bernie, the, uh, the most left of the viable, uh, yeah. candidates on the roster. And a, he was treated, I mean, just watching how, how he was treated by the establishment, it should be uh, yeah. eye opening. Um, and B, um, he recently had a, had a tweet. Um, where he's, I mean, he's, he's stomping for Biden now saying, okay, we're going to elect Biden. Mm -hmm. Once he's in office, we're going to push him and we're going to make him the most progressive president since FDR. (laughs) (laughs) We need to talk about that. Uh, We need to do an entire pod about FD fucking R. Uh, We should, we should, uh, we should do a whole one. And I can't believe he fucking tweeted that. I mean, just like I, I had been like, I really didn't think that he would do it. Because, uh-huh. you know, there were people, there were Bernie bros that were going around, you know, photoshopping his face on FDR and shit. And I was like, <laughs> like, you know, I was like, OK, whatever, you know, but like I'm not going to get too upset because I, I feel like it's ignorance in the sense like they're just looking at New Deal. Right They're That's what they're that's what they're concerned about. They're, they're not actually calling for like, oh, um, you know, let's let's intern the Chinese or something. Right. Like they're they're I mean, they, they probably don't know that FDR was a more rabid uh, white nationalist than anybody like that we even see today. Like he was like, he was like worse than a Jared Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, even if you just want to talk about new deal, I mean, that was racist as shit too. It was, but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what I'm saying is I think that they're engaging at FDR at the level of, right. You know, economic populism on the left. Okay, fine. But for Bernie, I feel like he should be held to a higher standard. To be like, well, you should I, know that he was. I'll also you know argue I mean? that there was actually no separating that. Um, there is no saying like, can we have FDR style policies without the FDR style um, authoritarian, racist authoritarianism? That's a hard question. Um, yeah. In America, I I think the answer to that is no. Um, if you want to get popular support around this shit, yeah, some of us are going to get have to get uh, scapegoated hard to drive support for that. Nothing has fundamentally changed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that is true. why I voted for Hillary. Yeah, is is because of that. Like, I mean, I I, I think I I did put some thinking into this, and it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm a neoliberal shill. I mean, it was more like, look, as an Asian, and and you know, the interesting thing was that there was a discussion about that when Biden demolished Bernie in South Carolina, and suddenly you see some Bernie Bros going out, going like, oh, well, you know, black people are low information voters; they don't really know what's good for them, and. We looked into it and it was kind of like, no, they did know what was good for them. They, they don't. They trust mainline Dems for a fucking reason, and it's not because they're pro neoliberal or whatever. They just don't trust. You know, they just don't trust anyone. They don't trust America. <laughs> you know, so they're like, we need the compromise folks in there. Um, 
I don't know. It'll be an, it'll be an interesting. Uh, and the, either way, it'll be interesting. Philip is like if Trump loses, like you know what the Dems do will be interesting. But I think if Trump wins, it's going to be fucking horrifying <laughs> because a second term Trump who really doesn't have anything to lose and really doesn't care anymore, you know, that's going to be really terrifying because look at what a first term Trump is like. A second term Trump is going to be a fucking nightmare. So I think we can at least make it through the next administration. <laughs> Hundred more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah. Our last episode is like, huh? There's this a weird whistling sound in the air. Yeah. What, yeah. what is this? Um. Well, no. We'll, we'll just it, we will be gathered around an actual tape recorder in a camp. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like this. Nice. We'll, we'll be a collectible in a video game in a post yeah. apocalyptic video game. This is tape number five of five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, Escape from Planet goes camping. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you know, so this is a totally off topic, you know, like, so teens, occasionally, since we did that podcast talking about how, like, America loves orphan superheroes. Yes. You'll yeah. be like, oh, there was another one. There was another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. playing a new Shazam. I totally forgot about Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Oh, yeah. He, he literally yeah. was in an orphanage and his yeah. family are like the other orphans in the orphanage. Yeah. But there's a new a game just came to PC called Horizon Zero Dawn. And uh-huh. I was excited for it. She's and I orphan? totally forgot. Fuck. And then I booted it up yesterday because it came out like on friday and um you play an orphan hero the the, wow. the hero is an orphan like and and I, I i don't know i'll spoil it i guess but like it's implied that you were born from the mountain like the machine so like you're an in like you literally don't have parents because you're just in vitro i guess <laughs> uh so it's like not it's not like you can even find your parents your parents are fucking robot um so <laughs> another another example yeah yeah and umbrella the umbrella yeah. whatever umbrella academy yeah umbrella academy yeah that's another one um yep so all right um <laughs> so should we call it there yeah i guess so Sounds good. all right happy 200 episodes to everyone and for uh listeners thanks so much for supporting us and for listening uh rate us share us uh that's the best thing you can do um and of course uh oh, if man. you'd like to support the asian american writers fund join the patreon patreon.com slash planning mag uh all right i want to hear Thanks, from y'all. i want to hear from the patrons more. bye-bye feedback is I, I oh yeah yeah feedback. hit us up yeah just talk come talk to us yeah, and yeah. we will we will uh john we will uh jump back uh onto Jong's back and see if we can get him to make comments a thing on our website. <laughs> yeah. And um, comment on like Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff too. So not yeah, just give reading. us feedback. Comments, Hit us up. comments are good too. Yeah. Hit us up by email as well. All right. Thank uh, all right. you all. Y'all. Thanks for Bye. listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.